Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. God said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadow lark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornborough, and glad you're back with me again this week. And uh, I think we got another good one for you today. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, well, uh, you know, getting started homesteading is easy. I mean, all you have to really do is just, you got to go after a few things. You know, if you're going to do livestock, you just start doing livestock. If you're going to uh, just grow a garden, you just start growing a garden. I mean, it's it's just as easy as getting started. Uh, but to keep homesteading, to stay homesteading, well, sometimes that's a little tougher. So in this podcast episode, I want to discuss five reasons you might fail as a homesteader and, you know, what you can do to prevent that from happening. So before we jump into all that, let's talk about our homestead updates this week. Um, here at the small town homestead, we're fighting off colds. <laughs> I got a little bit of a cold and been kind of struggling with it a little bit. And grandson's got a bad one. My daughter's got one. I mean, we're all just kind of barely, I mean, it's never, none of it's real bad, but we're all just kind of fighting it, you know, and it's just, it, you know, gets you down a little bit and you don't feel like doing as much, but we're getting through that. Um, some good news though, is I just got a new place to hunt. I've been, a mostly I hunt in the past. I've hunted public, uh, hunting grounds here in Indiana. And, uh, I'll tell you, I, I love hunting on public ground and I've got some nice deer, usually does. I usually get a doe early with bow. Uh, I usually don't get anything once gun season starts on public land because it's just so crowded in the past. Well, something happened about, oh, what was it, about four years ago? They legalized crossbow to be used in regular archery season for everyone. It used to be you had to have a some kind of a, a disability or a handicap or something to be able to use a crossbow in archery season. And they legalized it across the board here a while back to be able to use it in archery all the time. Well, when they did that, you know, I used to be able to go to the public hunting lands and use my compound bow and there was hardly anybody else out there. It was just a few other hunters and it's a pretty big place, you know, so we didn't really get in each other's way. But when, when they went to the crossbow, everybody went out and bought a crossbow and started hunting in there. So it got a lot more crowded in archery season. So I've done a lot less hunting the last three or four years on the public hunting ground. But I just, uh, uh, gentleman just gave me permission to hunt his 12 acre woods and it's in a really good location. It's a nice, nice woods to hunt in. Like I said, it's not real big, but I'm the only guy hunting it. And it's, you know, we're between a couple fields and there's a fence line coming from one woods over to that one that's going to, Hopefully walk one right into me, so I'll be doing some hunting there this hunting season, so I'm excited about that. Um, we got our first hard frost of the year. We've actually had a couple of them now here in Indiana, and uh, yeah, it's pretty much marked the end of the, the garden. I mean, everything's been getting pulled up. I still got the kale out there. It's going strong. It doesn't seem to hurt it at all, uh, but everything else pretty much took a beating, so it's been cleanup time, so I've been chopping things down and throwing them in the compost bin and just cleaning up the garden beds and getting them ready for uh, for winter. I uh, got the greenhouse cleaned up and got it ready for winter, meaning that I'll be putting some stuff in there. And uh, just been winterizing the homestead a little bit. It's The temperatures have really turned off cold here lately. So um, 
yeah, we <laughs> time to start doing the old winterizing thing. You know, it just just the little things you have to do to get things ready for winter. You know, and hooking hoses and putting things up and just you know, I, I think I did an episode about this last winter on here and just things you do around your homestead to get ready for winter, and that's what I'm doing. So yeah, we're winterizing the homestead. Um, oh, also, I I made an appearance on another podcast. Uh, I have been asked over the years, over about the last three years, I've been asked probably like 25 times <laughs> upwards of that, that number to go on a podcast. And, uh, I've always turned them down mostly because of my schedule. It's just really hard to, um, it's hard to work it out. And, uh, even, even on this one, uh, uh, Jason Carrier, he's the host of uh, live free and grow, um, podcast. And, uh, even he found out <laughs> my schedule's pretty wonky cause we had to, I had to kind of move it uh, a day because some things came up so i just have a hard time i've always wanted to go on these other podcasts i just might they have to be real flexible on their schedule to get me to come on it might change and i hate doing that to people i hate canceling and then rescheduling and it's just a hassle so i i've, I've often just turned down um uh, other podcast appearances but i've been asked several times but this time it worked out and i was able to go on the live free and grow podcast and i don't know when that's going to air it hasn't aired yet but uh i'll have a link in the uh, show notes uh if you want to check it out, uh, go to Live Free and Grow. Um, it's part of the Rimzo Republic uh, podcast, so it's rimzorepublic.com. And, um, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I had a good time talking to Jason, and it's a libertarian podcast, so we do talk a little politics, and I know I don't get into any of that on this show, uh, and, I, and I never will. <laughs> this show is about unity and bringing us all together, no matter where we come from politically. So uh, I would like to keep it that way forever. I, I'd never want to get turn this show into a political, political show because it just crosses the bounds of that. You know, we can, you know, I will talk about local ordinances and government in that way, but I'll never discuss, you know, actual parties and which one's right, which ones are wrong. I, you know what? It just, that stuff doesn't even matter to me. I'm all about growing food, raising animals and homesteading. And that's what I want to talk about. But it was a good, it was a good uh, interview. I enjoyed being on the show. So check that out. Um, I think that's about all that's been going on around here. Just a lot of work and, and, uh, boy, hunting season definitely, uh, it changes things, you know, whatever little spare time I do have, I try to spend it in a tree stand <laughs> this time of the year. So, uh, yeah, I'll be out with my bow. I haven't actually been out at all yet i just got that yesterday i went out and scouted that that new woods and checked it all out so uh maybe next weekend i'm hoping to spend a few hours up in a tree stand over there so um yeah, that's about it that's what's going on around here a uh, couple uh, uh relevant news articles i ran across i thought were really good um this first one uh comes from uh, Gainesville Times, uh, Gainesville, Georgia, I believe is what it was. And it's titled, Gainesville Women Learn Self-Sufficiency Through a Homestead Program. I thought this was an awesome article. Uh, I'll have, again, I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Um, it says, uh, women across Gainesville are becoming self-sufficient by gathering once a month to share ideas on homestead living in the 21st century. I, I think that's awesome. You know, it says... Um, through the ladies' homestead gathering group, they learn the ways of sustainable living. There's another, um, oh, here it says, from candle making to raising livestock, modern homesteaders have an attitude and philosophy of self-sufficiency and are not confined nor defined 
uh, by a piece of land, area, or experience, according to North Hall resident and group member Pam Eakins. Man, that's good stuff right there. And I think that's awesome. They got a once a month, they're getting together and they're learning some homesteading skills. And man, I'd like to see stuff like that going in every community. But I think it's a pretty good article. Uh, check it out, uh, see what they're doing there. And uh, I mean, they're doing everything. There you have a B class, uh, uh, advanced nutritional herbology certificate uh, course they're doing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, working with the uh, larger animals even so a lot of neat stuff going on at that uh, we're checking out and maybe maybe it'll spark a few people with the idea to do that in their community because i think that's that's pretty awesome i mean here it's just women but you know you could do a couples you know or whatever i mean you could open it up to anybody if you started your own uh, uh, uh program like that so i think that's really neat and i love 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 seeing stuff like that uh, the second article that I ran across uh, was uh, the country's first interactive sustainability park is taking root in Waterbury Center. Uh, this is in Vermont. Um, yeah, it's a it's a sustainability park where they're basically demoing uh, things you can do for sustainability. I mean, they're talking a lot about um, uh, building uh, sustainable building practices like earthships and things like that. And they have demos of things that. Uh, uh, hay bale homes, uh, some of the stuff I've seen on here, a lot of solar panel stuff, wind power, um, just all kinds of uh, neat uh, technology they're displaying um, and, and practices that, that are sustainable, that are more sustainable than the, the common practices. And they're displaying it. And, you know, I imagine they're having like kids come through and see these new things, you know, and they're demonstrating a lot of, a lot of really cool stuff. And I thought it was a good article. I had to, had some neat stuff in there. Uh, definitely some neat solar, uh, things being on display uh, exhibits and such. And the housing, uh, setups were pretty neat too. They have walls built showing how like the, the insulations in the middle or a straw bale home is built and things like that. I thought that was pretty cool. So definitely worth checking out as well. So check out those two articles again, links in the show notes. Um, on our uh, Homestead Front Porch for this week, I asked the question, our Homestead Front Porch is our Facebook group, if you're new to the podcast, and I always ask a question for the podcast, and this week's question was, what is your greatest challenge in homesteading? And uh, some of the answers were pretty awesome. I mean, uh, you get a lot of variety on that when you ask something like that, but I'll tell you what won the day, time. A lot of people talked about time was their biggest challenge. And, uh, oh boy, I can relate to that for sure. Especially when you work a full-time job, uh, time is not on your side when it comes to homesteading, but you can do it. You know, I don't want anybody to think they can't do it because they work a full-time job. You can't just, you just can't do as much. And that, that's the thing. Um, you know, and, and that's, that was some of what people said. I mean, to talk about how to decide what to do and what not to do when you're limited on your time. Some people struggled with gardening. Uh, a lot of people said getting it all done. I like this answer. Maintaining a healthy balance between already do, can do, should do, and want to do. And man, did I relate to that. Uh, managing expectations, staying on task, uh, having the confidence to try something. A uh, fear of failure is real sometimes. That's a, that's a good one. Um, some for some folks, it was uh, uh, having their family on board, you know, getting help from their spouse or, or kids and things like that. Um, uh, family issues, you know, having like a lot of small children and having the time because of a baby or whatever to, to do things. Uh, finding affordable property that isn't bogged down with ridiculous restrictions. That was a good one. Um, more time. Trying to make the switch to debt-free living so as to make the whole idea viable. That, that's a good answer. 
Um, man, a lot of time. A lot of people are saying time. Too many projects, too little time. And that is, that's that's the case, you know. And uh, but there's a lot of really good answers in here. There were some other really good uh, good answers. Dealing with wind, that was, that was a different one there. <laughs> this is not just wind, but wind in all caps. Uh, remembering to water everything. Gardens, chickens, dogs, cats. I really should set up some automatic waters, <laughs> this person said. Really good. And again, time. I mean, I see that on like a lot of them. Um, and this was kind of different. Uh, Heather Eby, who, who's actually been a guest on the podcast before, she put, for me... I would say dealing with excess. When I lived in the city, I went grocery shopping and bought what I needed when I wanted it. But now that we produce 90% of our own food, which is great, it isn't quite as simple as grocery shopping. Depending on time of year, we are dealing with excesses of eggs, milk, and produce from the garden. This means meals uh, center around what we currently have most of. And at times, we get tired of eating the same thing over and over for weeks at a time. And she goes on to talk a little bit about that. And I thought that was a really different answer something you wouldn't think about having the excess, but that is true. I mean, I had that with tomatoes, you know, you get all your tomatoes, you get a lot of tomatoes at once. Well, you got a lot of canning to do and a lot of meal making to do and, and things to do with all those tomatoes. And, and it just happens with everything. It kind of, a lot of stuff just kind of comes in all at once and you got to deal with it. So that's definitely, um, that's definitely one you got to think about, but yeah, a lot of great answers there. Check out, I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. And um, if you're not currently a member of the Homestead Front Porch, you can click on that link and it'll tell you you're not a member, but you can uh, request to join and answer a couple questions and we'll get you right in there. We'd love to have you in our Homestead Front Porch Facebook group. Nearly 20,000 people in there. Great homesteading community. And, uh, well, I tell you what, it, it, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful uh, for that community. It's just, a, it's one of the best groups on Facebook. And I'm not saying that because I'm the admin. I'm saying that because it's true. It really is. We, every once in a while, somebody will sneak in and cause a little trouble, but they don't last long when they do. So we get them out of there as quick as we can. As soon as I see it or one of the moderators see it, they're out. We don't allow any trouble or anything in there. And, um, and I think it's a great group. So come be a part of the Homestead Front Porch. Well, let's jump into our main topic of discussion for today. Five reasons you might fail as a homesteader. And I don't think any of these are going to catch you by surprise, but I think it's good to be aware of these reasons and, um, you know, so you can prevent them from happening in your life. Because I'm going to tell you, I've struggled with most of these. Do I want to say all of these? Probably. I've, I've struggled with all of these. Yes. I've struggled with all of these at one time or another. Um, and the first one I want to talk about is just flat out laziness. Uh, you know, homesteading just might be more work than you thought it would be. And, um, maybe perhaps podcasts or YouTube videos have made it sound or look easier than it is. Um, there's things you got to do when you decide to, to live this way, you got things you got to do, even if you don't feel like doing them, you know, the animals have to be fed and watered. The garden has to be tended to, you have to plant in the spring, you have to harvest in the fall, you have to weed you know, throughout the year, you have to do things, you have to preserve that food, you, you know, you have to cook it, you have to, you know, if you're doing your own animals like rabbits and quail and chickens and things like that, you're going to have to process your animals and you're going to put that stuff in the freezer and there's a lot to do. There really is. And it's real easy just to say, you know what, I just want to veg out and not do anything for a day or two. You can't really do that as a homesteader. And um, you have to just overcome laziness. Now, how do you overcome laziness? And, and, and you know, I think one of, the, one of the keys to overcome laziness is realizing that 
most of us probably have a little lazy streak in us occasionally. I'm not saying anybody's all the time lazy, but I'll tell you, there's times I don't feel like doing anything. You know, how do I overcome it when I have one of those moments? And I know there's things to do. You stand up and you start doing it. And that, that sounds overly simple. I know. But you know what? When I start moving, and I think I've heard this from other people too, when you start moving, you just kind of get in the mood and, and things, you, your energy gets to flowing and, and you, you start working. But once you're in a sitting position, you don't want to do it. You just have to make yourself get up and you say, I'm going to take 10 steps towards that way, or I'm going to start, I'm going to do one thing. You do that one thing and it just, I don't know. It just gives you an energy to, to start doing things. And that's what I do. I just, I just start, I start moving and the laziness goes away and you have to do that Every time you feel that way. Matter of fact, when I, I become aware of that in myself, and then when I feel that coming on, I intentionally get up and start moving right away because it's like, I'm not going to allow that. And it's real easy to do. It's just real easy to fall into a, into a uh, complacency and just sitting around and not doing anything. I mean, shoot, I could sit around and veg out on Netflix as good as anybody. But you can't allow that to take place in your life if you're going to be a homesteader. There's just too many things to do. And, and if you find yourself with too many things to do and, and you're not happy with that, maybe you need to cut back and we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But laziness is absolutely something that you have to deal with if it's a, if it's a problem in your life. Um, I think most homesteaders would deny and say it's not a problem in my life. I think most people would deny and say it's not, it's not me. I'm not lazy. But I'll be honest, there's times I'm, I'm kind of lazy and I don't feel like doing anything. You know, there really is. And, um, but I don't, I don't give into it. But I feel like doing that sometimes, you know, uh, just don't allow it to be a uh, part of your life. And that leads me to the second thing, the second reason you might fail as a homesteader. And that's burnout. And I think this is probably one of the most common and biggest problems I see in homesteaders failing. They burn out because they take on too much too soon. And, and it might actually lead to laziness because you just wore out. You know, and you're like, I, I just don't want to do this anymore. And it will cause you to be lazy. Uh, but you can burn yourself out. Um, taking on too much, and I'm, I'm guilty of this. I'm absolutely guilty of this. I, at times I take on way too much, and then I just have to back off. Um, you know, there's just some things you can't do. If, if one animal is putting too big of a burden on you, maybe you need to get rid of that animal, you know, if one of those animals you have. Um, if your garden's too big and it's just too much for you to handle and you can't get no more help, Maybe you need to cut back on the garden a little bit, um, you know, grow a little less variety maybe, or, or something like that. Um, you just have to gauge how much time you have, how much work you want to do. And yeah, and, and you can't jump in. Maybe there's a ton of things you want to do and you just can't, and you can't do it all at once either. You, I think a good thing to do is add like maybe one thing a year to your homestead. And maybe that's not quick enough for you. Maybe you want to grow faster than that. And I certainly have. And most homesteaders do, but it can cause a little bit of burnout and it can cause you not to want to do it anymore. It really can. Um, I, I've talked to a lot of homesteaders that have said that they say they just take on too much and they're just, they're kind of tired of it. You know, they just want to stop for a while. And, um, that can be a problem because you just, it just overwhelms you. And like I said, it, we're looking for solutions to these problems. The solution is Cut back if you have to. It would be better to do a little less and not do everything you want to do 
than to just give up and walk away from it altogether. So I would rather see a person say, well, you know what, right now we're not going to do chickens. You know, well, chickens, you have to do chickens if you're going to be a homesteader. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have to. Um, you don't even have to have a big, giant garden. You could have a small garden. You know, you could say, I just want to grow enough for me to eat. I don't have to grow anything that I sell, in a, sell at the farmer's market. You know, you can really cut back. Um, if you're growing 10% of your food, in my opinion, you're a homesteader. You know, just do what you can do and don't do anymore. And do what you want to do, but don't do anymore. And even if there's more you want to do, take your time. Add them slowly. Make sure you can handle what you're currently doing before you add something else. That's that's a good, to me, that's the best tip in it. When you can sufficiently handle everything you're doing for a couple, two or three months or four months or six months, then you can add something else. But don't try to add too many things at once because it can overwhelm you and definitely cause burnout and definitely cause you to fail as a homesteader. So be on the lookout for burnout. Uh, number three. And this, I think, is a big problem in modern society. As modern homesteaders, this is a real problem, and this is debt. Um, I think in the modern world, it's extremely easy to take on too much debt. And uh, this debt could come in the form of a mortgage that's too large for you to handle. And I think that's real common with homesteaders because we want all the acreage we can get, and we want the best homestead we can get, and we might take on too big of a mortgage um, to have all that right now. And... Uh, that can put you in a mess. Uh, or maybe maybe you can get in debt because you want to keep up with the, the farmers and the homesteaders across the street who have a brand new pickup truck and they have a lot of luxuries and they have a nice tractor and all that kind of stuff. That can put you in a lot of debt that you don't need. Or maybe maybe you just want everything and you want it now and you put a lot of it on credit cards and you're in credit card debt. Whatever it is, debt can hurt you. Debt, debt can cause your homestead to fail because... Well, for one thing, it can wear you out. I mean, because you're going to have to work all the time to make the payments on that debt um, that you can, you'll feel like you have to keep adding more and more and more, which could add to the burnout, which could get you in a mess. Or you could put yourself in a financial debt, debt so bad that you could have a small minor hiccup and you could lose everything. Um, people get sick, you know, and you might be on your, <laughs> you might be in bed for two weeks because of a real bad sickness. Two weeks with too much debt can can put you in a mess. Um, I was a business owner for eight years. I owned my own trucking company, and I'll tell you, uh, I had a lot of debt because I had five semis and you know some trailers, and and um, those payments didn't stop. And even if uh, I didn't have all those trucks running, guess what? Payments kept coming in. Or if I got sick, payments kept coming in. <laughs> no matter what happened, the payments kept coming in, and I had to pay them. So if you ain't got the money back to pay those or you're running yourself in too much, uh, too tight, you could get in trouble. So um, be aware that too much debt can definitely put you at risk. So maybe you're already in debt and you want to get out of debt and because you don't want to fail as a homesteader. I would recommend that you check out Dave Ramsey stuff. And I'll put a link to Dave Ramsey's website. It's just DaveRamsey.com. Uh, Dave also has a podcast. And um, listen, listen to his show and follow his advice about for getting out of debt. I mean, he has a real good debt reduction uh, system. You've probably heard of Dave Ramsey. Um, but 
he's 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 got a good method for getting out of debt. He does what's called a snowball effect, where you pay your smallest bills first, and you take all that money and you add it to the next largest bill, and then the next largest bill. And as you pay them off, you just keep adding it to the next one. It creates a snowball of debt payment, where you'll be out of debt way quicker. Uh, doing that than you normally would have been and uh, but you can hear him talk a lot about that on his show and at his website but get out of debt as quick as you can as much debt as you can and don't take on too much debt because it can lead to burnout it can uh, and it can definitely uh, put you at risk uh, in an emergency to lose everything so be aware of debt uh, don't let debt be the reason you fail as a homesteader uh, number four, the number four reason I think people uh, could fail in homesteading is lack of preparedness. Uh, when the unexpected happens, it can cause you to fail. It can cause you to fail in all your hopes and your dreams uh, if you're not prepared. Um, now, I want to talk about three areas of preparedness. First, of course, is financial preparedness, what we were just talking about with taking on too much too much debt. If anything happens... Um, where you can't do everything you need to do, uh, you need to have money in the bank to cover that stuff. So even if you get out of debt, you need to build up a, a reservoir of funds for financial preparedness and be ready for an emergency of some kind that could, that could cause you to not be able to make payments on something or have money for whatever you need to have money for. So financial preparedness would be one area. Uh, I think disaster preparedness is huge as well. Uh, whatever is a real, a very real risk in your area, you need to have a procedure, a, a, an idea of what you would do if that disaster was to strike to protect your homestead. And that may just be insurance. Um, maybe, you know, maybe it's just there's nothing you could do. I mean, I live in tornado country. There's nothing I could do if a tornado hit my property. There's nothing I could do. But I could have insurance in case that happens, you know, and we do. Um, maybe you live in a place where, where wildfires are common. You know, insurance would probably be your best bet there. But you also might want an escape plan, a way to load up your animals, get them to a safe area, or to protect things. So, or a hurricane area and with flooding and the same same deal. Um, but disaster preparedness for your area, I think, is something that's very important. And could could, if you're not prepared for it, could absolutely cause you to fail as a homesteader. Uh, or, you know, uh, or, but the opposite is true as well. If you're prepared for it, it could save your homestead. Um, the, the other area of preparedness, I think, is mental preparedness. And I think when I say lack of preparedness, I'm talking about mental preparedness. I think this is one that can lead to burnout. Again, <laughs> the burnout's a very real thing. Uh, some things that might make a person not be mentally prepared for homesteading that would cause them to fail as homesteaders if you're not prepared for the very real ugliness of, of death on the homestead, I mean, by your animals, your livestock, that hurts. I mean, if, if you were to have an attack, say you had a huge chicken operation, you're free ranging them and some coyotes come in and just slaughter a majority of your chickens. That can be pretty overwhelming mentally, not uh, also financially, but mentally it can be pretty overwhelming. Uh, having disease strike your homestead can be pretty overwhelming mentally. Uh, losing your crops to pests or, or just uh, whatever going around to your crops uh, can be very overwhelming mentally. And I've, I've heard people say, I'm just tired of this. It's like everything I do, I f it just fails. I'm just getting up. I'm out. That, that's what I'm talking about. People do that and they say those kind of things and they fail as homesteaders because they're not mentally prepared. There's a very real possibility that there will be failures 
on your homestead. You have to be prepared for that. You have to go in knowing, okay, what's the worst case scenario and whatever I'm doing, what could happen here? And you have to prepare yourself for that mentally. And then what would I do if that happens? And how would that affect my homestead? Would it make me want to give up? Or is there, is there a way out? Or is there some changes I could make? Um, those are things you have to mentally prepare for. So I think financial preparedness, disaster preparedness, and uh, mental preparedness are all areas where you don't want to be lacking because they can cause you to fail as a homesteader. Uh, and number five, I also think is very common. And it's, again, it can lead to these other areas. And I think number five is too high of expectations. Um, a lot of people get into homesteading because they want to be 100% self-sufficient. And they'll set their goals there. Well, when they can't get to that very quickly, it can lead to some, some negative feelings. Um, when homesteading isn't everything you thought it would be quick enough, it can cause you to give up or it can cause you to have burnout or it can cause you to go into debt because you're trying to get it too quickly. Or, or, you know, I mean, it, can, it, it leads to these other things. So having too high expectations can cause you some real problems. Uh, wanting to get everything now. Here's why I say to be prepared for that. Realize going in, it's not going to be everything you want it to be for a while. And maybe never, but definitely not for a while. So you have to be patient. You have to understand you're going into this with some patience, and it's going to take some time. You have to be aware, I think, of our society and and our own desires um, for instant gratification. You know, we live in an age where we really do. I mean, when we want something, we want it now. I remember when I was a kid growing up, when you ever have those those conversations with people and you're, you're trying to think of something, and you're like, maybe it was, uh, oh, I, I remember that song. What was that song? What was that song? And you might spend half the day thinking about trying to remember what the title of that song was or who sung that song or or just something on, you know, some in, piece of information that you could never, you, you just had this hardest time thinking about what it was. And you might even have to go get some books if it bugged you hard enough and, and you'd look it up and see what that was or now, what do we have? We have Google. We, we live in an age of instant gratification. Whatever answer we're looking for, we get it now. Whatever uh, we want, we can get it now. We can get it through debt, through credit cards. People used to have to save their money to buy things. Now, you just go get a bank loan or you or you uh, use a credit card and you can get it very quickly. And, and we want everything. I mean, I see this with like high school students and college students. They want everything their parents had and they want it now. They graduate from college and they want the big house and the brand new car and all the stuff. And they want to live just like their parents live, but they don't want to think about the fact that it took their parents 40 years to get there. You know, um, we live in an age of instant gratification. And I think all of us, most of us, I would say, have a piece of this in us. You know, when we want something, we just want to go get it. And when we want our homestead to be the way we want it, we want it now. And we have to be very um, aware of that. We have to fight that feeling. We have to to uh, just be patient and understand that these things don't happen overnight. And we need to lower our expectations a little bit, raise them as time goes. I mean, we should have goals. We should have lofty goals. We should want to stretch to reach those goals. But absolutely, we you know we need to lay out like a five year plan, a ten year plan, a twenty year plan, instead of like oh I want all this and I want it now. So I think having too high of expectations can lead to burnout, it can lead to debt, and it ultimately can lead to a failing homestead. So there you have it. I believe these are five reasons um, you might fail as a homesteader. 
laziness, burnout, debt, lack of preparedness, and too high of expectations. So be aware of these things, combat these things, um, and uh, do the best you can and, and enjoy this life. Enjoy the homesteading lifestyle. It's, it's there for you to enjoy. Yes, it has all these benefits. I mean, it has better health. It has these benefits of getting back in touch with the land. It has so many benefits. But if you're not enjoying it, you know, I mean, enjoy it. And yes, there's going to be some failures and there's going to be some things. It's not all fun and it is a lot of hard work, but it's so, so worth it. But don't let it beat you and don't let it beat you down. Don't let it, don't let it wear you out. Enjoy it. Go out there and be at peace with it. Do what you can, when you can do it, when you can afford to do it um, and stay moving, you know, and keep working towards those goals. And that way you won't fail as a homesteader. So there you have it, folks. I hope those will help those reasons. Thinking about those reasons will help you stay in the homesteading mood and keep at it, keep pressing forward and persevering because, uh, it's, it's a lifestyle that the more you do, the better it gets. And I think the richer your life and your family's life will be because of it. So, uh, persevere on folks. Um, I do have one recommendation today. I want to give you, uh, recommendation for today is I think I've mentioned this before in the past when I talked on another podcast about YouTube channels but man I have been getting so much from this guy uh, and his YouTube channel it's a uh, one yard revolution it's actually OYR frugal and sustainable organic gardening it stands for one yard revolution though his YouTube channel this guy knows more about gardening <laughs> than I'll ever know and he does it in an urban setting in a small backyard smaller than mine and this guy is growing tons of food in zone five i mean uh, more way more food than i'm growing in my yard and he's in zone five and he's making it happen um i highly recommend his youtube channel look back through his archives of all the videos he does very very good at um, laying things out and explaining things and his methods are very good he's very scientific on how he does things but he makes it look really easy he lays it out in ways for you to understand it better and I have learned so much from this guy. I, mean, I can't even think of his name right now. Uh, One Yard Revolution, Frugal and Sustainable Organic Gardening. Link in the show notes under today's recommendations. Go check out that YouTube video, that YouTube channel. That is one of the best gardening, uh, vegetable gardening uh, YouTube channels I've come across. So check that one out. Uh, thank you for joining me today, guys. This is this is a um, I'm try, I've been only been doing a podcast every other week here lately because it's been so busy around here. I'd like to get back to doing them, uh, more of them, but you know, I'm so thankful for you guys hanging in there and uh, being part of things and, and, uh, you know, being part of the front, uh, the, our Homestead Front Porch Facebook group. That's such a blessing. I, I enjoy our conversations in there and I'm very thankful for those of you who, uh, who help keep this podcast going through donations or, you know, through purchasing things to our Amazon affiliate link. Or, um, you know, leaving an iTunes review and just, and just encouraging us. So if you get a chance and you enjoy this podcast, go over to iTunes and leave us a review because I really appreciate that. And I love the encouragement. And uh, we've been getting a lot. I think we're up to like 51 reviews or something like that. And I really enjoy those, reading those. And um, got my first four-star review. We've had all five-star reviews. And then I got a four-star review. And, you know, it's okay. It's an honest review. I'm all right with it. I know it's – I've actually been surprised that I haven't had lower uh, ratings. <laughs> if you think it's a four, you give me a four. And uh, I understand that. I don't know that I'd give give myself a five. But, um, you know, hey, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the reviews and, and the – 
the the star ratings and I hope I don't get any ones, but if you don't enjoy it, I don't know why you'd ever leave a rating period if you don't enjoy it, you know, just why would you even bother taking your time to to leave a rating if you think it's a one or a two, but I appreciate uh, those of you who leave a rating and a review. It means a lot. So, uh until next time, uh happy homesteading and God bless. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow.